Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having an amazing, amazing, amazing day so far. I'm like beyond pumped to be introducing a repeat guest and my dear friend, Mr. Finian Kelly. So Finn is just one of the most wonderful people I personally know. I mean, not only is he brilliant, successful, and somebody who gives back a lot, but his own dedication to his spiritual practices, his healing journey, and the dedication he's had to truly mastering the art of living is what I think him and I connect on the most. So to give you some background on who Finn is, Finn is the creator of the Financially Happy Movement, a world-renowned keynote speaker and an intentional living guide. He's built and exited two multi-million dollar businesses in the finance industry, and he runs a private wealth management company. I mean, he he does a ton of stuff in the wealth management space, and he's also been able to help a lot of people change their own perspectives on money change their own perspectives on wealth creation. And through his own life experiences, he's really learned how to combine the pursuit of money with the pursuit of a more connected spiritual life. And I think that money and our relationship with it is one of the most fascinating tools that you can use to really heal yourself. Because the same fears that you have with money are the same fears that you likely have in every other area of your life. If you're afraid if you have beliefs of lack, if you have anything that is almost fear-based and it's in relation to money, that's likely a theme that is showing up in every area of your life. And so using money as a compass, if you would, to know where you need to work, what you need to heal, what you need to let go and why is a fascinating way to, to combine spirituality and the pursuit of, uh, of material wealth. We talk a lot about that on today's episode. I mean, we cover so much stuff, everything from how to transform your relationship money, why financial freedom is a dangerous goal to have, the concept of money as a magnifier, um, how to use money as a tool to identify and heal personal pain and trauma, the shift you experience when you actually begin to operate out of from a place of love versus fear, which is really what I'm sort of, I mean, that that one concept of being able to chase money or being able to create value in the world or being able to go do what you want to do in your life from a place of love instead of fear. That one concept has changed my life in many ways over the past several years. And we talk deeply into how you can also get to that place where you are pursuing money in your life and attracting more money in your life by 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 changing the operating philosophy of of really how you are approaching the pursuit of money. So I'm super excited about this episode, and if you're challenged by money and financial matters, and if if the pursuit of your of money in your life right now doesn't feel fulfilling, like it disrupts your own calling, this episode is chock-filled 
with insights for you. By the end of this conversation, um, I just I know that you're going to be able to have a more energizing relationship with money. And Finn is just, like I said, one of my favorite people on the planet. And he's so humble. So he's so insightful. And I know you guys are going to love him. So anyways, guys, hope you guys enjoy this. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode because this one was just so much fun for me to record. So without further ado, here is my dear friend, Mr. Finn Kelly. Enjoy. Yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode. Stay grounded. Hope everyone's having a brilliant day so far. I, I, every time I see you, bro, every time I see you, I just get this huge smile on my face. What's up, buddy? Good to have you back, Finn. That brings me a lot of joy. I just try to send love everywhere I go. It's been funny, actually. I just facilitated a retreat last week, and my girlfriend always says, you're just this big love ball, and then they use the exact same language language to describe me, and I was like, all right, that's nice. I'll own that. Because uh, <laughs> I wasn't bro, always like that. <laughs> Well, that's that's one hell of a thing to own. A love ball, and I'll call you a love bomb, man. Like anytime <laughs> I talk to you, I just feel this explosion of of contagious joy, and um, and I'm just so grateful to know you. All right, bro. Well, I'm gonna I'm just gonna dive right in because I feel like you and I just have so many amazing conversations on and off the mic. One of the things I actually admire most about you in general is how you do blend all of the aspects of your life together in such a beautiful, seamless way. Like you don't just teach money and you don't just teach spirituality. <laughs> like you, you, you embody both and, and you're almost living a lifestyle that allows it all to be harmonious in nature. Can you sort of walk me through how you're able to do that? Like, how are you able to take concepts that seemingly don't have any place from historical standards in spirituality and then blend it all together? Like, how are you able to sort of just bring that entire practice to be? Thank you. That's a beautiful compliment. And it means a lot to me because it actually hasn't always been there. I've been able to always distill information down. That's sort of way I see my, my gift is I'll consume a lot of information. I'll test it on myself. And then I'll synthesize it to be able to distribute it in the right modality, right messaging to communicate to wherever they're at at that level. A lot of the time, the information isn't mine. It's not even original. I'm just able to put it through where people understand and what really is an original thought. Like if we're all connected, yeah. we're all, it's all one anyway. So I love when people go on that journey. But I've actually caused a lot of suffering for myself over the years was where I felt like I had to play certain roles in certain businesses or leadership positions and I did feel separated. And ultimately, that's really where I started having the greatest spiritual transformation where I became so separated that I just wasn't happy. What I realized then was I looked at all and it was from the outside world, everyone was like, well, you're doing a lot of different things. But for me, there was a connection but I wasn't showing up fully all the time. So what I did was going, all right, what's the common thread through all of these things to help me understand what my purpose is? And, and that's a beautiful way when people are struggling to work out their purpose. They, I just tell them to like, look at everything they're doing in their life and what are they grateful for and why? And you'll get a connection between them and you'll start realizing, ah, this is, this is something which I really stand for. Like, this is really important for me. And what it really came for me was 
was being intentional and living in the now. That's that's what it's all about for me because that's where the magic is. It's really the practice of most spiritual practices. And then if I can do that, I can then really inspire others people to do the same and transform them as well, which is which is an absolute gift. So now what I'm doing, I'm looking at business and that was probably one area where sometimes I felt a little bit separated and I was like, this is, I've got to be able to pull this together. And money was always one of those areas where I was just like, I would see, I'd be in the spiritual communities and I'd be in the, the entrepreneurial money sort of driven communities. And I saw entrepreneurs wanting to come more spiritual. And then I saw spiritual people who said that money doesn't matter. In every spiritual community, money ends up interfering those communities a lot and they couldn't see it. And I would come to these communities and they actually would, they would see something about me and they're like, hang on, he's sort of got both. Then there'd be this desire and they'd want to pull me in. And it was just their own need, but it was actually, I was seeing that they're projecting and money. Whenever someone says they don't care about money, they care about money more than anyone else. So I just realized there is a lack in this world of connection between money and spirituality. And I started teaching it to people, started practicing myself. I was like, this needs to happen. We need to change the industry. So people start seeing that you can have both this idea that you can be both spiritual and have money because really what is money? Money is a spiritual tool. It's the, it's energy. It's the, you look at what we've done with money. It is the connection between everything in life. Now we've created, and we did, it's just a collective agreement. We created this agreement around money and we've put a thread between everything else. We can't live without money. Like it used to be, you'd be in your little village and you'd be able to have you barter some food for healthcare and and uh, someone building your house. But now, if you don't have money, we, we don't exist. So it's actually a thread which ties us all together. So then if we're not conscious about that, it can, it can be a low vibration or a high vibration. Money on itself is not evil. Money yeah. is not amazing. Money is just a connector. It's just energy. We put our own energy onto it and that determines how it works for us. So that's what I'm really focused on right now. And that integration bit, I when you that original question was I just do it for what I need myself. That's all I do. I keep looking at it and I'm like, this isn't working. I created this way and I'm still not happy or I'm not fulfilled. There's something missing. And that's that's why I'm I'm sort of pulling all these things together. Yeah, your message is your medicine, man. And it's beautiful when you can separate money from the morality of money. Like, I love what you said there, because most people think that good people make money. No, there's a lot of shitty people that make money, too. Right. And that's actually the the concept like good people, bad, good, bad is not anything attached to money. Money by itself is just a construct. It's an exchange of value. It is it is energy. That's all it is. Money comes from other people's pockets into your pockets. That's pretty much the exchange of it. And so I think it's fascinating when you can almost become the observer of of the transaction and the observer of the thing so that you can examine your own relationship to money. How do you, I guess, so more practically, let's say somebody is trying to integrate, integrate, or at least from your own journey and lessons, like integrate this practice of spirituality, being the observer with this construct of money. Like how does one begin that practice of sort of entering the philosophy? So to start with, it's, I believe the first step of any transformation is awareness. We need to be in a state of awareness. Ram Dass calls it being a state of loving awareness. That's all we need to be doing. And when we do that, we naturally 
we feel better and we lift up other people around us. So with money and spirituality, what we need to start doing is see it almost the way I like to describe it is um, when we have a, a CT scan, when we inject a radioactive dye into our into our body to then have the X-ray and it highlights, it goes to places where there's there's trauma, where there's something wrong. Money can do that for us as well. So we can start looking at how money interrelates into our life. How do we use it? How do we spend it? How do we earn it? How do we feel when we spend money? And when we start having that awareness, we can start seeing, oh, this is where we have some holes. This is where we, we potentially have some traumas. This is where we've got some saboteurs. We call them money saboteurs, like these ego-driven saboteurs which, which hold us back. And that's the first step is just getting a, a beautiful awareness, no judging, no complaining, no defending, just full awareness. And that already in itself is just unbelievably powerful. You will start going like, oh, wow, like I'm doing the same thing that my mother was doing uh, and I'm showing it through this money relationship. And that just in itself, that's all we need to change. We just need that first step of awareness. I love how you're making it such a simple concept. Like spirituality, a lot of people think there's a lot of woo to it. To me, like it sounds like it's really just becoming aware of what wasn't in awareness. It is bringing, so like if you have beliefs around money that have just been running your life, like I have to have this much money in the bank account, or I have to earn it this way, or I have to work hard for it, or I have to do these, like these have tos that create stress or these, they create a, a maybe not an ease or a flow of life end up being opportunities for you to examine. And that is the the birth, right? So, okay, like, let's say, so in that, in that vein, let's say we, let's say I personally come in here and I practice a conscious sort of loving awareness of all of my own patterns with money. What next? How do I, how do I begin to then take the journey further? Mm, so the next step is we need to accept it. That's a, that's a very hard step in the transformation process. So we can have awareness but if you judge it or you go, oh, no, that's not the case, or you start, uh, yeah, actually self-criticism is a powerful one. Sometimes we become aware and then we judge ourselves so much for becoming aware. We're not in a state of acceptance. We have to be in a state of acceptance in order to, to sort of realize what it's been doing to us. And then we can have the interest to actually change. And I, I want to go back to that previous point on that that awareness bit, what people don't realize is money is a magnifier. That's all it is. So if you have a hole when you don't have much money, when you have a lot more money, you just have a bigger hole. That's all it is. That's where this whole thing that I wish I had, as soon as people say, I'll be happy when, I wish I had this, you're actually just putting yourself in a scarcity mindset. This is the whole idea of financial security is a fallacy. Like there is no such thing as financial security. If you believe that you need something to feel financially secure, well, you're never going to be secure because money can be taken away anytime. Things can change. The only way to truly feel financially secure, and this is the whole spirituality point, is to be in a place of love and trust. Love, realizing that what we are is love and we're meant to be here to give love and we're all love. And Part of it is love what you do and you'll never feel like you're earning. Like there's so much, so many connections you can do with love. And then the trust bit is trust that you're exactly where you're meant to be. Trust in the universe will always provide. Like I just think of always nature. Like you don't see nature hoarding and hoarding and hoarding. Like they just trust. Like it's, there's, there's seasons and sometimes you, you're going to be a little bit dry and then the next time you're going to be a bit wet. But it, it keeps working through. And that's the key element of financial security is to be in that place where you trust 
and you know that you're always going to be there because then you know that if you lose everything, you're going to be completely fine. And we've seen a lot of people who, this is what happens when you have a goal to achieve financial security, what happens is you get to the, the arbitrary number that you thought was going to be financial security and then because you've got a scarcity mindset still, you start worrying about losing that money. So you're never secure. And that's, that's the whole problem with anything that takes you into the future, like taking you out of the present moment, it doesn't work. And this is why things like financial freedom, financial security, I'm trying to change the language connected to it because it, it's all future dated. And, and the industry wants you to do that because they don't want you to be realizing you can be happy right now. Or you can actually, if you, if you do the right things now, you're going to be happy in the future anyway, and you're going to be happy now. So that's really why I want to change this language and make it about financially happy. Like yeah. financially happy, you can be financially happy now, regardless of how much money you have. As long as you've got some systems in place, you're connected to your money, you value money, and you're connecting that money and spirituality path. And so much in there. I want to paint a scenario. So I think it's it's especially for individuals like you and I, we've achieved a level of success, right? And so it's easier for us to have trust. It's easier for us to fall in, you know, free fall into, into the arms of the universe and knowing that we're going to be okay. But right now, especially in 2020, COVID has created a lot of chaos, a lot of changes to lifestyles, a lot of losses and lots of required pivots, which has allowed it's it's forced people into almost like that scarcity place, that fear-driven place. How do you communicate these concepts to somebody who may be going through something really tough right now, who mm-hmm. may need to be in that, like who may need to even access some level of survival instincts in order to achieve or to get through this? Like, how do you bring in this idea of financially happy to someone who may be going through something difficult financially? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful question. And how I start with is just lots of compassion. I send so much love to them and honor their situation, but I don't feel sorry for them. That's that's the, the, the big difference. So many people feel sorry for people who are in bad situations. What you're doing then is sending out an energetic vibration where you're bringing them down. And we know that. We know that when that feeling, when like you just, no one even has to say it to you because we're all connected. And for when someone feels sorry for you, it brings you down. It basically stops your ability to, to get out of that situation. So first, compassion, and then a lot of like belief in them. So that's the first step. Then really, you can go through those steps. So the first is going through that awareness, that intentional clarity, understanding of where they're at, what stage they're in the position, and then what got them to there. Like there are some things that actually got them to be in that situation. They have, everyone has some faulty programming inside them relating to money or whether their belief sets. And what we want to do is get that up. So helping them uncover how did they contribute to their current situation? Because it doesn't matter how many external things happened. You always contributed to your own situation. And that's hard. That's hard. The hardest pill to swallow. (laughs) Yeah. When you go through a relationship breakup and, they might leave you or a business goes under. You want to blame everyone else. That's the victim mentality. But the victim mentality is the same as anyone else who put, doesn't believe in you. You're just putting yourself down in a low vibration. You can never get out of it. So that awareness, that intentional clarity of your position makes you get into that place where you can accept. And that's until you do that, we can't move. We can't actually get out of that position. You'll stay in that, in that, in that cycle. 
Oh, you just said something that really sparked something for me. Having a victim mindset is you not believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing. It's that's literally the same exact energy. It's you literally saying that I don't believe in myself to take ownership of this and actually do something and change it. So the easier thing to do is just go into a victim mindset. Spot on. Wow. That is so illuminating and it's really powerful and it actually adds so much more importance to you being honest with yourself consistently, being honest with yourself without judgment, which is really the practice of loving awareness, right? Like that to me is the biggest freedom. That's, that's, that's freedom. It's freedom from your own stories. (laughs) It it really is. So this is the, we, we love to self-criticize ourselves and we believe it's a, we believe it's a motivator and we, we think that, well, we've got to be harsh on ourselves. Like if we eat bad food, we've got to criticize ourselves straight after it. So then we don't eat it tomorrow. And that's a very scarcity mindset. It's not abundant. You're not trusting yourself. And then what happens is we work out that we've criticized ourselves and then we judge ourselves for criticizing ourselves. So we just go into this spiral where at that moment, we just have to be in that place. We come awareness and we send love to ourselves, be self-compassionate. And we can be a little rub on the arm. It can be breathing. It can be realizing that we're all connected, just some, some work, some breath. And then we can get into the place and go, okay, I accept where I am and I take responsibility for where I am. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to judge. I don't need to look at the past. Once we're in that step, we can move to the next step, which is intentional visioning and really going, okay, we don't like where we currently are. What's the vision that we want for our life? What is it that we want to do? How do we get out of this place? Because that's, that's the creation step. Like people don't realize that when you vision, you are already creating because everything is there. It's unmanifested in form. So the act of as soon as we have a thought and then we put some energy towards it, that, that clarity of intention, it, it starts happening. So we need to make sure, this is why that acceptance step is so important, that we're doing good positive thoughts because otherwise we just keep attracting the same scenario. When we're in victim, we just keep attracting it over and over again. This is why you'll see those people who just stay in the same relationships. They just get back. They'll end one relationship and then you go, whoa, they're back in the same relationship, just a different body, Um, but the same relationship because they're attracting the same things. So we need to be there. We need to... We need to vision and start going, okay, what, how, do we, how do I want to feel? And that's ultimately what we're all trying to chase. We're chasing feelings. And I actually listened to a podcast with you recently and you said the same thing as me, which I absolutely love. We're all chasing feelings. We're not chasing goals. We're not chasing material objects. We want a feeling. And that's, that's the most important thing is to work out what are the feelings that we want and define those feelings because freedom to me is different to you. So let's really get clarity around that. And it's that whole idea of what you believe you can start attracting. So we need to start raising our consciousness. We need to start raising our vibrational frequency in order to start making this vision come alive. When I think about visualization, and you said it earlier, like everything you want is already in existence. You don't manifest a view of the ocean. You orient yourself in a way that allows you to see it. You don't manifest a mansion. You it's it's like you you orient yourself in a way that allows you to be in it. Like everything you want is already out there. It's just orienting your own ability, raising your own vibrational frequency to be able to see it, to be able to experience it, to be able to attract it. And it's so important. And I love like 
just feelings. Like when you start to know the feelings that you want and intimately know the feelings. Like if you think about, I want the home. Okay. Well, why do you want the home? Well, because the home is going to make me feel this way. And then you get very intimate with it. You're actually allowing the possibility of being surprised by even more. Yes. (laughs) Because what you think is going to make you feel that way is very limited, but there are a million things out there that can allow you to feel the same feelings that you would feel by walking into a beautiful home. And so when you truly allow and understand that concept, it becomes the most important thing because by knowing the feelings intimately, you are allowing more than you could have ever thought possible to enter your life. So much. And that goes back to that whole element of love and trust. Love is the feeling we're going through that area. And trust is trusting that everything can be so much better than you can ever imagine. And this is where people go wrong with prayer. People go wrong with prayer. They get very specific and they're like saying, I, I want this and want that. You're not allowing. What is if, what is if you, your, your view of what's good for you is actually the worst thing what's good for you? So in prayer, it's better to just go, I would like for you to display whatever is the best for me. Like bring, bring the best for me. Like whatever I need, bring it to me. And then just trust. And then experiencing as, as they come in. And then that resistance drops away. And the resistance is what it causes suffering. Striving causes us suffering. Resistance causes suffering as well. And it can just make life so much easier. And that's, that's the key with the financial realm, especially if you're in a place where you're, where you're surviving, you're struggling. When you get specific on certain like, oh, I want this big house or anything like that, your ego, your limiting beliefs will just come up and just squash it straight away. And then this is the thing about manifesting and visioning. If you do not believe it in the current moment, you need to stop because you're actually then going to be attracted. Even if you're saying, I want this big, big mansion, if you're inside going, oh, that's not possible, you're not worthy enough, what you're actually attracting is the opposite. So in that moment, we need to stop. And that's why the feeling is so important. You get focused on the feeling. We can all get that feeling. And then you just allow it and then you get stronger. And each day, then that movie you're creating, that movie you see yourself in, you can start seeing the mansion if you want. But it's at that element where you truly are at a state where you're believing it. And then you're starting to see signs from the universe bringing it to you. Finn, I got a question for you. And this is, this is an interesting one that I'm actually personally curious about for you. What about the fear of feeling? Great. I get that. You know, I don't feel worthy, but who wants to feel unworthy, right? Like the only way to truly change the feeling is to feel it. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you personally approach, like, let's say in present moment awareness, something comes up that is just the most uncomfortable feeling on the planet. Like it's something that just feels gross and disgusting and you feel embarrassed or shame. Like what is your relationship to feeling for somebody who isn't as adept or as, as, as to a place where they have allowed themselves to feel like, how would you encourage them to truly sit with the potentially disgusting or uncomfortable feelings that may show up in the process of trying to change your life? Raj, that's such an incredible wise question because we, as a society, we are an unfeeling society. We've trained ourselves not to feel. And the reason why that is, is because we've trained this so strong. This is, this is our superpower. The mind. And, we've come to it. and it's like rational. It's, it's that whole area. There's another superpower in us and it's our heart. And what we need to start doing is training ourselves to get connected to our heart. And the funny thing is, 
The heart is actually smarter than the brain. The heart is intuitive. This is why we, we know that most of our good decisions have been intuitive. Like I was reading something about Jeff Bezos. He's an analytical guy, richest guy in the world, and he says his most important actual strength is his intuitive nature. He makes decisions from his heart because there's an answer. An answer comes before you even ask the question when you use the heart. With brain, it just goes up, goes through a lot of problems and goes back down and it's very delayed. So the first is we, we need to just be kind to ourselves and understand that we're not trained in this area. We've trained this and we need to give this some strength. And the first act is just sitting. This is what meditation is, is just sitting and just sitting with yourself and allowing yourself to feel with whatever comes up. Now, it is going to be a little bit confronting at the start, especially when we haven't felt these feelings. But the funny thing about feelings are is when you just feel them, they often just go. They like they come up and they go. And then this is the element of the trust element. We need to just trust that it's it's gone. Like I just did a breathwork journey just before I came in here. Bunch of emotions came up and I was like, oh, that was weird. But I don't need to spend any time <laughs> thinking about it. The brain wants to get in and start analyzing it. And then that's because it's the ego will want to start controlling me and pull those emotions back in. But I now have a trust in my heart. It goes, yeah, it cleared. Don't need to understand. Might not have even been my energy. Might have been someone else's and it, it's out of me. So the first is just sitting and being aware. And uh, this is the breath. This is why the breath is the most beautiful practice. The breath, it gives us that break. It stops us being in our mind where we can actually step back and start feeling like we're the witness a little bit and realize that we are not our feelings. We are not our emotions. We're the awareness behind it. And just doing that, you can start getting that separation. And then you go through, like I have this, I'm trained in emotional clearing, which I highly recommend. Emotional clearing by John Ruskin. Awesome book and it's the process. I feel like the whole world should be trained in it because everyone would be a lot happier. And it's a process of going through those steps and going, all right, awareness, acceptance, direct experience, actually feeling it, feeling that emotion, and then a witness state where you transform it over to the high beings and will trust that someone else will take this from you. Now, I know this sounds confronting, but I'll let people know, even though you're not feeling it, you're feeling it. You're feeling mm. these emotions internally. It's doing things to you. It's causing disease. It's calling unhappiness. It's causing you to react how certain people behave. So I just would really like send loving, positive energy to you. Go, just feel these things. And then you suddenly start feeling how much better you'll feel after you let these emotions up. Well, it's interesting. You know, after a good cry, have you ever felt shittier? <laughs> Like, you know, like, let's just talk very yeah. basic level. Like after we, after every hurricane, there's weeks of sunshine, right? Nature yeah. and our bodies, we're all in sync together. And like, I've, you know, I had a really important mentor. Last month for me has been difficult with my grandmother and my aunt passing. And, you know, I had a lot of crazy emotions come up in that time. And one of my uh, very important spiritual mentors, he, uh, he told me, he's like, Raj, you don't need to understand why, uh, anything is happening. You just need to experience it. Mm-hmm. And I remember him, I remember that being an anchor for me, really truly sitting with whatever was coming up and truly just experiencing it. Like if your body feels like crying, well cry. If if your body feels like being angry, well let yourself be angry. If you, if you feel like laughing deliriously, then allow yourself to do that. But your body is an intelligent machine. It is, it is a vessel for thoughts like your thoughts go in and out the same thing like your emotions like 
they go in and out. And so when you feel like doing something, there's a wisdom that's well beyond your comprehension, your conscious comprehension that is giving you the gift of being able to flow. And when you, when you can sit with that and when you can allow it, it truly does end up creating a more whole human being. It's beautiful. And once you get to that place where you've connected both, suddenly you're in this, you're in a coherent state and you're operating and it's just self-regulating and you'll just, feelings will come up, you'll feel them for a second and then they go away. That's where you come if once you get into that place where you train that heart. And I feel like it's, it was beautiful watching you. Like I experienced it right when it happened and you're feeling it you're sad and we even delayed this podcast because you're like i just need to feel this and i was like go feel like it was just like do what you need and then we hopped on today and you're exactly how i thought you would be full of energy positive because you felt it now this doesn't mean you're not still grieving it doesn't mean that you don't honor your loved ones who have passed away but you're on honoring life you're loving life and and we're meant to be in a beautiful place of loving awareness. Like this is why you'll see the the sages, the wise people, what do they all do? They just chuckle all day long. They laugh. Like have you ever had a seen a conversation between Desmond Tutu and Dalai Lama? It's incredible. They don't speak. They just chuckle nonstop (laughs) because they're so experienced and so wise that they just like, they just laugh at everything because it's all just a laugh. Like it's just a whole giant experience. And Whenever we get into those moments, and I've, I do it all the time, like don't take it that I'm like this wise being. I, I suffer from these same things all the time. I get down to these spirals, but then you've got to, you get to a spiraling point where now I go, ah, oh, that's pretty funny. Just got myself down there. And then you just got to laugh and you laugh yourself out of it. And it's, it's, it's incredible once you get to that place. It's a giant cosmic joke. You start to realize it, right? You get caught up in it. You start making it mean something more than it needs to mean. And then you experience it. And then you realize that it's just a giant, beautiful cycle of continuing to experience life in all of its forms. Life is meant to be experienced across the full spectrum. It isn't meant to be happy all the time and it isn't meant to be sad all the time. And the Mm -hmm. range of emotions are all there to teach us something. And I think that's why presence and and your all your philosophy of being here in the now and then using money as that lens, right? It's the mirror. When you can be in the now and then allow money to be the mirror that allows you to experience what's coming up now you truly do give yourself an opportunity to grow, heal, and change your life from the inside out. And that's where money is awesome. What does money give us? Experiences. Like <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, and also it's, it's a representation of what you value and what you're worth. So if you value yourself, you'll often start earning more money. This is where a lot of spiritual healers go wrong. They believe that they they're doing anything like they're not truthful if they're earning money. It's like, why? Like, eventually like money is abundant. Like if you're spiritual, you believe in abundance. Like it's not like there's a cap on it. Like we, we created this. It's an agreement. You look what happens in America. We just print money. Like we all (laughs) do this, but there's certain people who believe scarcity and that's why they're in a scarcity environment. And I've sent so much love out to you. And I know I'll get criticism for this. People go, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know this. And I, I love you. And I, I, I honor your experience. But just own it, own it rather than feeling a victim of it. And if that's the experience you want, beautiful, then you can be free. And we see this, like we see this in India. There's people who have no money, but they own that experience and they're happier than anyone because for them, they're like, I'm abundant. Why do I need money? It's funny, like Satguru is a a beautiful teacher and 
And he doesn't, he's funny. He's like, why do I need money? I don't need money. Like I get people fly me around the world to speak. I always get fed. There's too much food actually. He struggles with it. <laughs> and uh, I put in accommodation. That's because he trusts. He trusts in his own ability that he has wisdom that he needs to provide. And when you have something of value to provide, you're always going to be looked after. So that's what I would love people to focus more on is like, what's the value you can provide? How, how can you do that? And then you'll always be safe. You'll always be good. And that's something which right now, if there's anything we've learned from COVID, is if you're not thinking about out-of-the-box value, if you're not thinking about how do you do these sort of side hustles or, or what are your unique abilities that other people can leverage, you're going to be lost to the wayside. And unfortunately, we're going to see a big wave of this. People are going to go regress and people are going to go, I'm already seeing it, like homeless numbers are increasing normal people because they haven't realized that they need to make a change. We're going through an evolution change right now. Just like we did when computers came in, we're, we're going through this next wave. And I really encourage people like start seeing what are you good at? What do you value? And how can you start offering it in a, in a distributed way? I'm really glad you brought up like an energy shift um, because one of the things that also I find beautiful about your work is how you focus on empowering women. And energetically, like not just the women particularly, but just the, the, the feminine energy in general. And you're, and, you're, and you're building, using money, almost the systems, the processes to create the container for the feminine to truly step in. So like, can you walk me through why you think it's important, not just for women, but I think in general for us to have more of a, like a feminine energetic sort of relationship to money and what role does the masculine energy and the feminine energy play in the manifestation, the creation and the, I guess the accumulation of, of wealth and money. Well, you're taking me down a path, which is getting a little bit of fluttering in here. And I think part of it is because I'm going, I have strong beliefs in this and I don't know if everyone's ready for it, but Hey, this is what we've got to do. So so we look at what's happened in the world. It's been running a certain way for a couple of thousand years. Women have been persecuted for thousands of years and it's been through this masculine energy. And if you look at what's happening right now, we've sort of reached the capacity of the masculine energy. We've done great, but things aren't really working that well right now and there needs to be a change. And it's because we've gone too far one way. We need to bring the feminine energy back. Real quick, real quick. Can you just, for anybody listening who may not know what you're speaking of when you say masculine and feminine energies, can you just give a quick sort of like description so we can set the tone and then keep going? Beautiful. So we all have within us masculine, feminine energy. We're all connected. It's that yang and the yin. Think of it as the, the powerful, strong dazzling sort of energy, the masculine energy, and then it's the nurturing, unconditional, loving, supportive, feminine energy. It's the active and the calm. We know in yoga, we have the sort of vinyasa, which is a very, it's a, it's a yang energy. It's a masculine energy. And then we have recovery, which is the yin energy, both just as valuable. If you just always do heavy yang yoga, your body won't be in the right form. We need both. So us, yes, I'm a male, in the, I mean, a male body, but I also have feminine energy within us. And true masculinity, the true one, not what we've been connected to over the last 2,000 years, is honoring your male energy, but then also having the feminine energy in you as well yeah. and honoring that and, and nurturing that. And, and that's the ability to be firm, 
but supportive. It's that yeah. idea that we don't always have to fight. Actually, the most strongest thing is to walk away from a fight a lot of the time because that means you're so confident within your own right. And just like feminine energy has masculine energy as well. They have to make decisions. But on the whole, naturally, males will have more masculine energy, feminines will have more feminine energy. So as a society, we have really gone heavy on the masculine energy. It's been very conquering, dominating, more, more is better. We need all of these things. And, and it's starting to get to the point, we all know this, there's that energy shift where it's like it's not working anymore. And, we've, and because of that, unfortunately, this is really sad and, and I want women to hear this the right way, there's very few unwounded women in the world doesn't mean that they're all beautiful. They're all incredible, powerful in their own right. But because of we, we've got that, we're now with epigenetics, which is a study of how previous generations can affect, previous generations of violence can affect us now. There's very few unwounded women in the world. Most women have some form of wounded, some form of trauma, and it comes a lot from the masculine energy. And that's why people go, why are you a man? How can you go support women? Like, why, why isn't a woman going out there and actually helping women? Uh, I believe it's because I've been part of the problem. And if I can help empower one woman, I used to think I used to need to save the world. I don't believe that anymore. If I can heal one, two, a few handful of women, they are the leaders. They're the ones who are going to be able to go out and heal the world. And that, that excites me. And, and, and the reason why we're doing this with money is because money has been such a masculine energy for a long time. We know that because that's why we have so much greed. We're forcing it. We're back in African cultures, women used to run the monetary systems and everyone had enough. Everyone worked. It was all fine. So that's where I want it to get back to. If we can empower women, unfortunately, women stay in unhealthy relationships. We know this because they don't believe they can do it, survive on their own because they're being supported by a man or they don't ask for pay rises. This is why women are 30% I think it's around that number, paid less than men. We don't have women in board positions because they don't put their hand up because they feel like they're going to be persecuted. So we need some champions, some men, some agents who go, you can do this. And actually, we need you because the state of the world right now, it's not working. If we had if we had all female leaders in the world, huh, just watch how calm it would be and we'll work through this and we'll suddenly realise, huh, Mother Nature, what's she? She's a feminine energy. Suddenly we would stop seeing this story that uh, we can just keep raping and pillaging our own entity, we would start realizing we need to be more supportive and be more regenerative. So that's why I'm passionate about this. I love it, man. And this is why I love the idea of spirituality and money, right? Because that's ultimately what this is. The spiritual element is the recognition of these energies. It's the recognition of the balance. It's the recognition of harmony. And then money is the tool that runs the world right now. It's the thing that we're all sort of circulating around and it runs, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's the thing that runs society. And that's the key is that I'm not saying it's the best. It's just yeah. that that's, that's the it game is. we're playing in it right is now. What it is. So, so let's play it positively. Let's, yeah. let's, let's actually understand the dynamics, what are there and use it for our own best way to become more loving. Yeah, it is what it is. And it's one of those. And that's why I I just love it, man. So talk to me, I guess, a little bit about financially happy. I know we mentioned that a few times on the podcast, but I would love to maybe get a little more clarity around what it actually is. And just the yeah, what is it, man? Beautiful. So to start with, I like to call financially happy as a philosophy or a state of being. It's this idea that you can be both happy and wealthy now 
Not sometime in the future, not when you have more money, but right now. And it's a practice. Think of the minimalistic movement. That was the philosophy. They started saying that we've been conditioned that we thought that more possessions would make us happier. And then they actually did research and they realized, no, actually, it's, it can actually take away from our happiness. So then they started a philosophy and a movement. You, you need to practice this this way you need it's not something where it's a it's a destination it's a journey being financially happy is a journey now on this journey you can create more abundance more freedom more happiness you can have a lot more materialistic objects but it doesn't determine your happiness so that's really where it's at the core of of where it's at and what we're trying to get people to do is to get connected to their money and connect it to spirituality so they feel more peace purpose and power with their money so feeling that peace, understanding that they're okay, they're good. They know that they're, they're going to be met, all their needs are going to be met. Think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That base level is completely net, met and they're fine. The purpose level is knowing that what they care about, their money is going towards and they can do the things which they want to experience. And then the power is that extra. It's that thinking, it's, it's the top of the pyramid, that higher aspirational. And that's really the creating the abundance side where you suddenly, when you have more money, you have more flexibility, more freedom to go do the, the good things you really want to do. And that's what we want to connect with everyone with and understanding that every dollar they earn and every dollar they spend needs to go into the peace, purpose or power bucket and they need to be connected to it because that's where they get the real pleasure. It's awesome. We have a five-step framework, which is uh, we've already gone through some of them, which is that intentional clarity, knowing where they are, intentional visioning, then intentional planning, how do you get there, then intentional action to actually make it happen and then intentional accountability. So how do you actually keep ensuring that you stay in this new way? Because we all know this. We've, we've tried new philosophies, new way of beings, and we do it for a little bit and then it drops away. We revert back to our norm. So we've got to have that element. And in each of those steps, there's a positive and a practical step. The positive is the spirituality side. It's knowing that we, us, ourselves, are the greatest influencer of one, how much money we'll have and, and, how, and how much we enjoy it. So yeah. doing the personal work, there's a lot of positive psychology, there's breath work, different elements, all these different modalities, like you said at the start, which I know work, I've just pulled them in in the right place. And then the, the practical element is understanding there's always a financial element and working out on each step what's the financial bit that you need to do here and connecting the two of them, which is awesome. And the way we're delivering it is through programs. So we have a online do-it-yourself program, which I'm giving and it's awesome. It's, it's, it's like I really, really love it. You know, when you create something and you're like, wow, this went, ended up really, really good. And it's because I did it for myself and it's been a lifelong work. It's been yeah. synthesizing a small amount. We have do it with you programs. So we have some group programs. We're actually launching an all female group program really soon, which is awesome. I did one of them at beta test earlier in the year and it was transformational. The breakthroughs they had was amazing and it was just this depth of vulnerability, which was awesome. And then we do have some like one on one. Where if you just like high-performing entrepreneur or something like that and you just want one-on-one work, we've got the solution there as well. And that's that's the start. And we're already going into big corporate looking at wellness programs, which has been really cool. We've got uh, we've actually just done a partnership with a company in a, in Australia which has like nearly two million members. So it's this is this is a movement where that's my number one focus is I want to create a movement. So it's about 
getting people to realize is that they, they can all be financially happy. And that's what really excites me. I want to touch on something because I think it's important. We talked a lot about the importance of feeling. And we also talked about the problem that people that don't have a lot of money sort of put themselves into the feeling of like almost afraid of dreaming to go get money. It's almost like they're protecting themselves from disappointment. Like what is the point of, of, of having money? What is the feeling that should inspire you to take responsibility of your finances? Like, can you describe the feeling for anybody that may not have the courage to, to dream and, and, and even have that, like maybe this, you describing it can, can inspire them to truly, to, to jump over that hurdle of being afraid and, and be in it. There's one word, choice. That's really all it is. That's all money is. It just gives you some choice. Choice to go, I want to be able to explore this part of myself. Choice, I want to be able to suddenly start a business that I'm passionate about or support someone else's business. Choice, I want to be able to get this medical procedure. That's that's really all it is. And isn't that a liberating feeling? Like that's that's what freedom is. Freedom is a place, well, there's a couple elements of freedom. One element is choice and the other element is where you're not judging yourself. That's true freedom, where you're just kind to yourself and you're, you're in this place of acceptance. Now, I really want the message to be that it's not saying that you need a lot of money. That's, that's completely opposite financially happy. It's trusting and knowing where your money is and that you're happy with it. That's, that's really what, what the element is and seeing that you have created this situation and you're happy with that situation. That's what financially happy is all about. And it's not, and, and this is, I just want to say this too, like, just because you're happy with where you're at doesn't mean you can't yearn for more. There's a limiting belief that people think, and this is what I've, I've found in my own life in the past that I had to work through personally, is that if I lose the fire to keep going after more, I'll settle and I'll just be happy and I'll just retire and sit on the beach and just enjoy. But that has been so far from the truth, it's not even funny. Just because I feel like I have enough doesn't mean I'm not going to go after the things that I want in my life. I'm just in choice, like you said. Do you know why that is, Raj? It's because you've flipped from a motivator, which is actually quite weak, but we all live on, which is fear, into the most powerful motivator of all, love. You're now in a place where you you want to do more because that's the loving thing to do. Like there's, you've got you've got purpose, you've got gifts and we, we go create. So that's one of the big things that people need to flip from when they're in this self-judging, self-criticizing world. They believe that fear is what motivates them and yeah, motivates them, but it's a pretty weak motivator. Flip to love and you can overcome anything and you won't, you won't stop. It's actually, you see these people, you see these people who just are happy and creating, they just do it out of love and they're creating all the time. It's, it's incredible. So I really want people to take that away is like being in a place of fear doesn't work. Love is so much more powerful. And with the money side of things is, is that, yeah, it's completely fine to have more. Like that doesn't matter. But the key thing is you've got to do the spiritual work first because otherwise when you have more, you actually become less happy because suddenly you now have all the choice that you thought which was stopping you from being happy and it's there and you've got no excuse. So then you have to face the feelings. So I always say face the feelings first and the path is a lot easier. Eventually, you're going to have to face the feelings, whether it's in this lifetime or the next time, you're going to have to because that's, that's why we came on. Our soul chose this exact incarnation for a reason to go, 
I need to learn some things. And you can keep ignoring it. That's the free will bit, but eventually it'll catch up on you. And that's why we have these like big, like spiraling depression, crashing moments because it's like, yeah, if you're not going to do it, we'll, we'll make an event so you actually wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Nature in its finest, most ruthless form, uh, yeah. just slapping everyone around. Oh, man, Finn, I love you, brother. You're just such a light, man, and I'm so grateful to just have you in my life. world just is, is better for, for your heart, and I just am so grateful. I got one last question for you, brother. Um, and by the way, guys, we'll make all of the links to... Uh, Finn, do you want to say just quickly if there's a quick link that someone can go to to learn more? Certainly. So what I really recommend everyone do, we've created this uh, awesome quiz. It's called How Financially Happy Are You? It's on financiallyhappy.com. That's our website. And do that quiz and it will give you an insight. And you'll know by the answers, we give a really good customized report, has a lot of neuroscience attached to it, which is awesome. You'll get an awareness of what's yeah. And then once you do that, we often send another quiz, which is the Holy Grail quiz, which money saboteurs, which is this idea that we all have these saboteurs, which is stopping us from really living an abundant, free and happy life. And it's almost like a personality test related to money, which is super, super cool. I love it, man. You're doing such great work. All right. We'll make all those links available in the show notes, but financiallyhappy.com. Go check it out. Finn, one last question for you, brother. In the midst of it all, as you continue to transform, as you continue to evolve into the highest version of yourself, how do you stay grounded? Many things. Breath number one, that's my medicine. Being in peer groups where I humble myself and, and share the feelings and be introspection with it, which is super important. And nature. Nature is the greatest grounding tool ever. If you're ever feeling overwhelmed, just go lie down on the grass. We knew yeah. this as kids. We lie down, we look up, and we instantly feel better. That's all you need to do. Like, so breath and breath and nature. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, everybody, that is a wrap for uh, this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Finn. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.